Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here again with my Show Me the Science podcast. Uh, this is great fun for me to do, I must say. I've done about a million of them now, and I'm very grateful to people listening. I hope people are still listening, or maybe new people join in. And I'm always grateful to get feedback. So anybody who wants to send me any messages, please do, because I love talking about any topic in science, really, that interests me and might interest you. One of my big favourite things of all time is music. And I've covered this a couple of times in various ways. But there's a new study about music. And I felt I must share it with you because I'm always giving you um, the latest science about things. Uh, and we love music, don't we? It really is very important as a thing. Uh, in fact, music makes us stand out as a, as a species. Uh, clearly, humans have a great love of making and listening to music. Other animals do as well, of course. You'll often hear dogs howling and stuff like that, you know. But humans, us humans, it really makes us really um, sort of interesting as a species and it's something that we especially like if you like what one thing that defines us in some ways is love of music they say music and humor those two things really mark us out as being uh, different to other species but this latest study now get this now we know we love music and it's very beneficial isn't it 26 separate studies have just been accumulated into one big, what's called a meta-analysis, we call this, by the way, when you combine all these studies. And when you see a meta-analysis, it means multiple studies and the bottom line is shared, you know, if, if it is shared, when you do the analysis, of course, this bottom line is shared. Guess what? Music is good for you. Now, I knew you'd, you'd know that already, but it's good to see science prove this. And in fact, what these 26 studies combined show, it's as good as exercise for your overall well-being and your overall health status. Now, that's joy to my ears because I never take exercise on purpose. I walk everywhere very fast, but I never go running or go to the dreaded gym. Nothing wrong with gyms, of course, and maybe you're listening to this podcast. Uh, I'm one of those cross-trainers, who knows? Um, but certainly, the good news is, if you like music, you don't need to exercise, kind of. It's as good as, it's as, good as exercise. And these were amazing studies, actually. There were seven of the 26 uh, was music therapy studies because obviously music is played to help people in various ways therapeutically in different contexts those seven studies were in the mix 10 studies involved listening to music and then measuring various aspects of well-being eight studies involved people who sing and there was one study on the benefit of gospel music isn't that great? Imagine that. Uh, just studying that out itself. And they measured loads of things. It's called QOL, by the way, in, in, in the business of well-being. Quality of life data was accumulated. And overall, all 26 studies agree that either singing or listening or singing gospel or undergoing a music therapy course, massive improvement in sense of well-being, you see. And then, as I say, we knew already, but here we have the scientific evidence for it. Now, it's important um, to get science to say, look, it's not just anecdotal. The, these are properly done studies. And this might tell us something important in terms of why we love it so much. It's an evolved trait. Now, anything we do as humans, you know, we're built through evolution, aren't we? So if we love music and we love singing, that must give us some benefit. Otherwise, it would die out is the idea here, you know, or some survival benefit in a certain situation because all, all of biology is about survival of the fittest. And those who are musical survived, if you like, or those who are especially skillful at music survived. It does tell us that everybody probably loves music to some extent. We will see differences there. But certainly, the scientific evidence that well-being is improved through music is therefore it's evolved to be that way. And that gives rise to all kinds of questions then. More broadly, how did it start? Like, how, how did we become so musical? And how did we reveal 
I suppose, through evolution, it's, it's beneficial effects. Well, the origin is probably in communication, that we talk a lot, don't we, as humans? And our voices go up and down, and sometimes then you might start singing, and that may, might be a good thing, you know. Uh, we might have been howling at each other across the valley in the Stone Age, and that, again, might have sounded a bit like music. So our sensitivity then to the range of sounds and the frequencies, and then pleasure from that, might, might have evolved from simple communication at different levels. Another idea that we have is it's to do with mothers and babies because a mother is often singing to the baby or cooing or making nice noises and again the baby loves that, you know. So maybe that innate sort of love comes from a, a mother or, or indeed a father, I guess, uh, singing and, 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 and you know, making noises and gentle noises and lullabies and all that, those kinds of things. So maybe that, that was part of survival as well. These were very beneficial things to do and evolution would have made sure then to maintain this as a survival advantage. So there are some ideas as to where it came from. But the truth is we don't really know. We do know it goes back a long way. There's evidence that we were making music many, many, many tens of thousands of years ago. And in fact, the Neanderthals, who we often think as these uh, cave people, you know, with strong foreheads and knuckle-dragging or whatever the famous cliche was. 60,000 years ago, they found a, 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 a musical instrument made 60,000 years ago has been found in Slovenia, and it's a flute made from the thigh bone of a young cave bear, is what it says. So again, a bear must have died or whatever. They took a piece of his thigh bone and carved that into a flute, and they've dated that bone to 60,000 years ago. Now, that means it must predate the arrival of Homo sapiens into Europe, you see, probably, they think, and in terms of where this is, uh, it's, among, it's a Neanderthal site. So the Neanderthals love playing flutes as well. And again, that must have given them pleasure. And then we see then from then on in, you know, archaeological records and so on, evidence for musical instruments. Flutes, are invented. Uh, Gut-based instruments are invented as well. We can see those archaeologically. In India, in fact, they have the oldest example of a string instrument based on gut. Cow gut, mainly. They think they're using stretches of gut to make noises. You know, they like the sound of those noises. That's where the first guitar came from, by the way. The sitar is an Indian stringed instrument and the guitar came from the sitar but the first one the first evidence of a stringed instrument goes back to India which is interesting and again there's lots of people looking for the earliest examples of these various instruments so in other words we've had music for a long time either singing or speaking to some extent and then we've invented musical instruments very early on as well so it's really it's an important part of us being human I guess playing music and listening to music and then you'd wonder okay what's the benefit as I mentioned already communication was one uh, mother-baby interaction might be another. There's no doubt that singing together is a huge bonding experience for us as a tribe, if you will. And a great example is football fans in a crowd. I mean, when they start singing, it's fantastic, isn't it? And a great sense of well-being to support a team. But equally, everybody feels a bit better with a rousing chorus of the fields of Athenrye, whatever it is. So, so that it seems to be a bonding thing. So I'm in this tribe and I will sing with my fellow tribespeople. and it defines us as a tribe and then brings pleasure and so we keep doing it that, that's one um, big reason we think this communal activity of, uh, of singing might be a big part of it but even outside that even on your own if you listen to music you can enjoy it and what's also interesting is um, you know a scientific question why is some a minor chord sad and a major chord happy and we don't know 
I mean, why would that set of notes make you feel sad? Uh, a second thing is, why do some notes jar this dissonance idea? You know, and a good example is the uh, Simpsons theme tune. That's very dissonant. You know, the notes seem to be very off kilter. Why are our ears perceiving that as dissonant? The answer seems to be cultural. So if you're brought up and you're told, oh, that's a dissonant sound, then you might, and, and it's somehow fearful in some way, say. Or if someone looks sad while they play a minor chord to you, you will also feel sad. So, so it seems to be cultural, partly. They have found a tribe in uh, South America who like dissonance. And in fact, some Eastern European folk music is dissonant on purpose. And that seems to bring pleasure. So it's a funny one, isn't it? It seems to be cultural as to what defines these things. At any event, any kind of musical sounds are actually very enjoyable whatever way you look at it uh, and the other thing to say is choirs as i said football fans as i mentioned the stadium and so on choirs are hugely beneficial and if you want to help your brain especially if you're a bit older if you're over 50 over 60 join a choir because the evidence that this is beneficial is quite remarkable there are tens and hundreds of studies of the beneficial effects of people being in choirs now why would that be well, first of all, it's a social activity and socialising is very important for our mental health and our physical health because of the, the brain-body connection. So first of all, the social thing is really part of being in a choir. The second reason is you lose yourself in the music and getting lost is a tremendous thing because you achieve this thing called flow. You can get flow, of course, from sport or from reading a book or whatever it might be. But if you're in a choir and you're singing full pelt together and you're concentrating on the music, that's tremendous because you're flowing, you know, you're, you're not worrying about you're paying your bills anymore. And that gives you relief from all these stresses and strains in your day-to-day -day life, and that's very beneficial. And, and that can resonate for hours and hours. I mean, if you, if you go to choir practice, or, or indeed sing in a choir in a concert, the, the, the high you get can persist for hours. So the brain, if you like, is filled full of joy. And that joy level stays high, as it were, if that's the right word, for quite a long while. So, so choir is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And, and then the other thing is that's very sort of important um, is it can stave off Alzheimer's, which is, of course, a very serious neurodegenerative disease. Why would that be? Well, again, it's exercising the brain. And even doing a crossword or whatever, or a puzzle has been shown to ward off Alzheimer's. Singing in a choir, you're concentrating, you're learning notes, you're reading music, perhaps, and all that is using the brain. Uh, and that's a great thing. The brain is like a muscle there and you're exercising it. So again, all those beneficial effects for being in a choir are, are really clear scientifically. So even though these 26 studies that I'm talking about just came, it just were just an analysed, previous studies had supported the notion this is good for you in all kinds of ways. And these 26 studies combined certainly confirm that. So the science behind it, sing, play the guitar, play the piano, even if you're not great, it is still lots of fun, you know, and join a choir is the advice. The last thing I want to tell you about, though, is, um, again, a scientific thing. It turns out there's evidence, now it's anecdotal, I guess is the word you would use for this. There's anecdotal evidence that if you play music or sing, it may make you more creative as a scientist. Now, how about that? Eureka! And again, this is quite recent analysis. It's almost as if you're, you're trying to solve a problem as a scientist, always. You ask a question, you have an idea, you start doing experiments, you start researching things, and you can't quite break through and you can't crack the scientific problem you're trying to address. If you go off and play music, that somehow frees up the mind. And then afterwards, you're better at solving the problem. It's a bit like a good night's sleep, I suppose, in that regard, sleep on it. You can sleep in it, but what if you play an instrument or, or sing in a choir? Maybe that frees up your mind in some way, 
unblocks the ideas sort of passage in your brain and a new idea then emerges. And guess who claimed this to be the case? And this particular scientist is the most famous scientist of all time, even more famous than me in breaking out to a globe. Um, this is a globally famous scientist, right? Albert Einstein himself. He said if he has a difficult problem that he just can't quite solve, he'll go and play some music. He played the violin, for instance. And then afterwards he noticed the thing was soluble. He could actually solve the problem. And he has a great quote, Einstein. And I leave you with this fantastic quote. He said, life would be inconceivable without music. Isn't that a great phrase? So Einstein, great scientist, great music lover. The music brought him pleasure and also inspired him. There's another reason then to get involved in music. If you're trying to get a bit creative, get an idea to, pro to problem solve or anything really, play a bit of music. Afterwards, maybe you're more likely to solve that problem. So there you have it, the science of music, bringing so many benefits. So as ever, thanks very much for listening. And of course, uh, my podcast is available for downloading every Thursday. And it's a News Talk production. Cheerio.